Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the following on Daily Podcast out here in India. I'm Neil Manthorpe and the whole team will be bringing you a podcast every single day throughout England's tour of India, which is live and exclusive on TalkSport 2. The TalkSport team have now arrived in Vishakapatnam and on today's show, Steve Harmison and I will discuss the selection conundrums for both sides and we'll also hear exclusively from England batter Zach Crawley. And we'll also discuss India's preparations for the second test uh, with a team apparently set to try and match England's tactics of playing square of the wicket with sweeps and reverse sweeps. So plenty to come over the next 20 minutes or so. This is Following On. We did say before we left um, the first test in Hyderabad that every day in India, every travel day is an arduous Mm. day and uh, we didn't we didn't go very far as the crow flies, but then the crow doesn't fly the way that we flew. No, we didn't fly the way we flew. It went the. Uh, it definitely went the long way around. Uh, with a little three-hour stop off in between, we managed to see the sights of Mumbai from the air. Um, but happily, now we're in Vizag. We are not far from the uh, the game starting. Uh, a lot of question marks throughout this build-up to the game from team selection's point of view. But exciting times. England one 0 up bounced here and um, I'm sure there'll be mentality wise nothing changes um, the feedback's been incredible hasn't it I'm sure you've had messages from from former mm. colleagues teammates um, and I don't know whether you've had any contact with uh, the England team I don't, I'm sure you haven't because um, we've been too busy traveling and and trying to find coffee in airport lounges but um, not even a lounge actually to be honest uh, no seriously um, any further thoughts and, and reflections on what England achieved in, in Hyderabad? Is it beginning to sink in with I, you now? It's beginning to sink in. I think reality is probably the very best win on isolation uh, that I think this England cricket, any England cricket team has done. Ollie Pope's innings, I think, is 
will go down as one of the best and I think we'll still be talking about it in 20-30 years time um, and England have given themselves a chance to go 1-0 up different from last time England were 1-0 up in Ahmedabad in uh, four years ago but this is a different team this is a different mentality and I think after my, um, uh, Ahmedabad a few years ago when Joe got a double hundred you look at that game and you go I still think they'll lose because Virat Kohli comes out talks about the pitches they've got a stellar side and even even England going 1-0 up you're thinking yeah I, I still think India have got a chance India there's a good chance India are going to win this series I don't get that now I really don't get that now I look back at what was said beforehand um, I mentioned preparation and talked about being old and I probably I probably come to the the conclusion especially in the last week or so that and I think it's hit me more that cricket around the world and the way cricketers are playing around the world they, because they're playing so much different formats and different franchises they can adapt very very quickly and I'm sure we'll come on to Shoah Bashir who's come into it and Jack Leach who was possibly injured you know we've seen in, in, in Australia when Joseph goes over to Australia six first class matches drops him in Australia on Australian pitches gets six for and wins a match the same as here Tom Hartley 20 first class matches 40, was it 40 or 50 first class wickets he dropped him into India yes he had a struggle in the first innings but boy did he ball broke in the second innings wins the match so why, why can't why can't they come and do that now and it really got my that's one of the things I will take away from it because I made some big calls before the series and I think I realised afterwards that the way these guys prepare now and the way the guys play now around the world um, gone of the deer like Kevin Peterson said they could have gone to the moon to preparation, the preparation from this I did see Brendan McCullum after the game and he did say to me that he asked me if I fancy going to Abu Dhabi and open the bowling for him in a warm up game but uh, joking aside look I, I got it horribly wrong um, I didn't. I, I got it horribly wrong because of the preparation side of it um, I always wanted them to win I never want them to never want them to lose I think for the first time England come over here in since 2012 with a chance of actually winning the series I just want to mention Tom Hartley. I just want to say a big shout out to Ormskirk Cricket Club because uh, he came through. Yeah. For, he played for them from under 13 level. Yeah. And they opened the pavilion bar um, and offered anybody that, that was around, that all of their members, uh, the first round was, was on them to celebrate Hartley's achievement. Rightly so, because I thought he was excellent. Second innings, I thought he was excellent. We talk about the preparation and lines and lengths and wh- how you get used to bowling in India and you you speak about this dressing room and this dressing room spoke about a lot and when they talk about the dressing room and they say right we get round people if things aren't going so well and it's all well and good seeing it because I know it's going to happen and I know I know Ben Stokes I think sitting in the dressing room all he talked about after the after the first innings was you know celebrate Tom Hartley's first six in, <laughs> in, in, in test match cricket didn't mention anything about the bowling first innings made him feel 10 foot tall but he came out and bowled that in the second innings and that for me was what it was the, the new players that are coming in here it's all well and good saying we'll look after them we'll get round them and if they don't have a good time we'll sort of make sure that they feel you know feel good about themselves the individuals have still got to come out and perform and that was the beauty about Tom Hartley's performance he actually learned quickly from what happened in the first innings he slowed his pace down a little bit but still kept you know, enough revs on the ball Dro- dropped his length back just a touch to make sure that because I thought first innings he bowled a bit fuller 
bit negative, a bit fuller, which is a more one-day type. Brought it back a little bit, got spin, got bounce, got rewarded, um, and he'll have, he'll have bounced to Vizak. Can you imagine him coming on a plane to here? It would have been... <laughs> Uh, his his life's just completely changed, and a, yeah, and a pat on the back for Scott Cricket Club. And the millionth brilliant article written by Michael Atherton in the Times today discusses the selection of Tom Hartley and and Rian Ahmed mm. and Josh Tung, and he talks about data driven selection and he compares it to 30 years ago when he, as England captain, a young England captain, sat in his first selection meeting and he said, you know, everyone poured a cup of tea. And then uh, got a list of the county averages and said, right, well, you know, the, he's uh, averaging this much and this much. These days, it's it's the other way around. They go, what do we need for these conditions and who can do that? So Tom Hartley was a brave decision and he's, he's brilliant. I mean, so was Rian Ahmed. He's, he's yeah. also took six on debut. Josh Tung took five as well. Um, so that's a brilliant way of looking at it. Anyway, you and I, today was our first day, I think, that we actually had felt like we could take a breath so we didn't go to the ground because um the wonderful scott taylor who's that side of the camera went with maca to the ground harmy and i were doing research um by the pool yeah by the pool (laughs) it's a little bit red um maca and scott were at the ground and maca spoke to zach crawley zach we'll concentrate on the second test in a minute but we've got to go back to hydrobat in the first test a couple of days on what's your overwhelming memory when you think back to what is one of, in my opinion, one of the great test matches of all time? How do you feel about it? Yeah, I look back with great fondness, to be honest. We, um, it was probably the, the best win we've had as a side and um, certainly the best win I've had playing for England. So um, to come back from 190 down, um, just an incredible feat and gives us a lot of confidence going into this game. Knowing that I was speaking to you this morning, I went back to the interview we did on the morning of day three. And at that point, you were 175 down. And my question to you was, what's unmanageable? And you said, nothing's unmanageable for this team. Did you really believe that? Yeah, I did, to be honest, because we don't talk about that kind of thing in the change room at the time. We, we talk about how we're going to play in the next hour and the next couple of hours, and, um, and that's what we were focused on. And we knew that we could string five or six good two-hour periods in a row back to the end, and we could win it, and that's what happened. And uh, Popey played the, probably the best knock I've ever seen in, in, in Asia or abroad, and... Um, and, and then Tom bowled unbelievably last innings. And, but I, like I say, I, I believe that the lads had it in them. The great thing about a Test match series is no sooner have you finished one, then you're straight back in with, with the next one. And you kind of have to put all of that behind you and, and get to go again. What, today is an optional practice day for the team, I understand. But looking around, it looks like most of the boys are here. What does an optional practice day mean for you? It doesn't mean anything to me. I always turn up for practice. But um, it's more for the bowlers and the senior guys. But... Um, I enjoy practicing, to be honest, so I turn up. But like I say, nothing changes in this group. Every, every practice is optional. They, um, they always said, Baz always says that. You know, you don't have to, if you don't want to practice, you don't have to practice. Um, you just got to stick to the process. So we're a very relaxed team. We, we focus on what we do well, and um, hopefully the results come from there. So nothing changes this week. Potentially something might change with the bowling attack. Baz has hinted on an interview in New Zealand radio. England could go in with an all-spin attack. Has that been mentioned officially in the dressing room or is that just Baz off the top of his head talking in an interview? It hasn't been mentioned officially, but it never is, to be honest. Those guys um, discuss those things and then relay it to us in good time before the game. But, um, you know, anything could happen. If the, if the pitch looks like it's going to be a Bunsen, then, you know, we'll go, we'll go with what we feel is right. And if that's all spin, then that's all spin. If it's all seam, it's all seam. We, um, you can never really know with Baz and Stokesy, but they, they usually get it right. India have made a couple of changes to their squad. 
no Jadeja this time around. I mean, that, that, that's a big change. No KL Rahul either. I mean, those are two big names when you're already missing Virat Kohli. They are. They're very, very good players. But like we've said it before in, in our change room, they're going to replace them with two very good players. That's the thing with India. They've got unbelievable depth. Cricket mad nation. They're always going to have that good depth. And, and the two guys who come in are going to be top players. And um, so nothing changes for us. We're going to play the same way. And um, hopefully it's good enough. The three guys who have been brought into squad actually played against the Lions last week, all three of them, and all actually did well. So is, is there a lot of information that bounces backwards and forwards from this group, from the Lions, to the information that you can glean? There will be, for sure. If, when we get an idea of their team, then we'll start having those conversations uh, a bit more thoroughly and um, discuss with those guys about what they saw and what they think. But um, like I say, a lot of our concentration goes into what we do. Um, rather than the opposition. We'll have a quick look and discuss maybe what they bring, but uh, most of it is discussing you know, what, what we're going to bring to the game. Can I ask you about this place? There's a, very few of us have been to Vishakapatnam before. Neil Manthorpe has been to India on 16 tours, and he's never been here. Looking around this place, it feels really like a Caribbean ground, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a cool place. I've been here, actually. I've been here when I was 17 for Kent Academy, um, and I really enjoyed it then. And, um, yeah, it's a beautiful place, lovely, like, green hills, and, yeah, it feels like Grenada or somewhere like that. So, um, yeah, we'll have a good week, I'm sure. Did you get any on that tour? It was only a practice tour, but um, <laughs> I, I felt in good touch. <laughs> yeah. No, we didn't play any games, but, um, yeah, it was good. In terms of the series, five-match series, you're 1-0 up. Second game, look, I suppose you can make a case for every game being massive, but if England win this and go two up with three to play, you are in an unbelievable position, aren't you? That would be unbelievable. Like I say, we, we, we don't think about that sort of thing. We'll, we'll think about that maybe to come day five when we, if we've got a chance to or we'll see where the game lies. But um, we're focused on very much th- today. Then we'll focus on practice tomorrow and then, and then day one and then we'll see from there. But, um, you know, we try and win every game, but that's not what we focus on. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. 
There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. I was Zach Crawley having a chat to uh, Andrew McKenna a little bit earlier. Um, a couple of the England players said that the ground actually reminded them of a Caribbean venue. Uh, maybe where? Tr- Trinidad? Grenada, Trinidad, they said. It was, it's a little bit... It looks as though it's on top here. I don't one thing for certain. I don't think the wicket will play like anything like Trinidad. <laughs> I remember the last time I was there, or when I was there in 2004. It, um, if you bowled a bouncer, it certainly went... Well, it went head high towards a witty keeper. I'm not sure that's going to be the same on, <laughs> on this wicket. But saying that about the surface, I'm intrigued to see how this surface is going to be. Are they going to play on a spinning wicket when they've just been when India have just been spun out? Are they going to play on a flat wicket, which we expect um, Vizag to be a little bit flatter? It's a red soil pitch, maybe a little bit more seamer than than um, than spin sharply, so it'll spin slowly. Um, I'm intrigued to see what India are going to play on because if they play on an absolute shirt front and a flat one. Well, we've seen what England did to Pakistan on flat pitches in the subcontinent. So, you know, a lot of scratching heads at this moment in time, I would imagine. Rohit Sharma and the powers that be at uh, the Indian cricket team to work out what is the best team, what is the best surface, and what is, more importantly, the biggest point for me, what's the, what's the game plan to combat what England did to them uh, last week? We'll, we'll finish with India and their game plan and, and how it went for them in Hyderabad and what they might do to counteract that. But I just I want to talk about England's selection very quickly mm. because before this uh, stage of Brendan McCullum's life, he used to co-host a breakfast show on SEN in New Zealand. And so he still does uh, appear for them from time to time around the world now that he's England's test match head coach. And uh, I think 24 hours ago, um, he, he was on that breakfast show and he was asked how much courage it took to play just one seamer. Um, and, and he chuckled and said, well, perhaps we won't play any in the next test match. And because they only played one seamer in the first test, you, and, he, and he did say you've got to be brave a bit with your selections before the test match. So there are people now genuinely talking about Shoaib Bashir at the age of 20, the off-spinner from Somerset, making his debut, and England playing no seamers. I can't see England playing no seamers. I can see England playing Bashir. Um, I really can. I can see England playing Bashir. Um, I, I, I really don't see them not playing um, a seam option. you see what Jasper Bumrah did. And, yeah, Mark Wood didn't get any wickets. But I think as a seamer, I think this is the, the big thing that Jimmy Anderson, I would imagine, will be telling Gus Atkinson, Jimmy, uh, Mark Wood and, and Ollie Robinson. In, in meetings, you're not coming here to get Pfeiffer. You're not. It doesn't matter what anybody says. You're not coming here to get Pfeiffer. The most you'll bowl in innings is maybe 14 or 15 overs, if you've bowled well. Your job is, your job is to perform for the spin bowlers at the other end. The spin ball, it's, an, it's an option that a, C, a, a captain needs just to maybe change things up, to give the, the, the angle of attack to make sure that the batter's sort of line, uh, eye line is, is moved around a little bit to then put the spinner back on. So the reason why I think they played the fast, fast bowler was to do that. And I think looking at if, the, if these wickets are going to be the same, then Ollie, Ollie Robinson might struggle to get a game because you'd think if, if they're going to pick anybody of that type, it'll be Anderson if they're going to play a seamer that's going to contain um, and if they might they might just play one they might play one seamer this time and that might be Jimmy so I, I think England will play will definitely play one seamer whether they play two seamers I'm not so sure I've not really had a obviously I've not looked at the wicket um, but I think 
all bets are off with this lot. I really do. I think all bets are off this lot. Second guessing them, trying to understand them. No, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. Ben's going to go out there with five five good bowling options because you've got you've got to say you don't cut, you don't count Joe in the bowling option because he's the greatest batter that we've ever produced. But you count him as your fifth bowling option, so you go with four, your four best bowling options plus Joe to give the captain five options to try and get twenty wickets. Um, if it's going to be if it's going to be three seam, three spinners, one seamer, and Joe, then then I, I think that might be again what happens if it's going to be two and two because Leach is injured. Then I think Anderson and Wood, if if you can get Woody back into play, because we've seen what Bumra did, and Bumra was Bumra was was excellent. Um, but I think Mark Wood didn't get a wicket, but I think because of his pace, he contributed to what was happening at the other end. If you remember, right on that uh, early in the morning, I think when the, when the wheels had come off, the first thing it was at the end of the first innings when Joe came on from the country box end, Mark Wood started from the changing room end, and that set the tone. There were six overs there of tight bowling, aggressive bowling, but also you know it got England going, and I think bowling but from both ends I think that works so I think the seamer is important he might not get wickets but he still plays a crucial part of what happens at the other end and finally um, Scotty and uh, Maka were actually watching the Indian practice and uh, and apart from their first hand eyewitness accounts uh, we've also heard from several of our colleagues in the written media that the Indian practice session was Unusual. I actually heard that from an Indian journalist. He said it was highly unusual. The words chaotic were, were also used um, and unexpected because all the top six were, were playing sweep shots. Now, Kale Rahul played four sweep shots in his entire innings of, of 86. Hit them all for four, but that's how seldom they play the shot. So there's, there's that, that, that aspect of the, they're playing shots that are unusual to them. The Indian batting coach Vikram Rathore did the press conference and he said it's very difficult to, to work on new things because most of our players are multi-format players so they don't get time to, to practice and work on new things because they're constantly playing all the time. So there's that aspect. So they're going to counter England's or, or try and match England's sweeping and reverse sweeping by playing that shot more themselves. But the thing that still intrigues me is how Rohit Sharma as captain pretended that it wasn't there. I mean, I used the metaphor of a smell in an elevator you mm. pretend it's not there because mm. if you don't know what to do about it and he didn't did he I mean you know you've got Ollie Pope reverse sweeping reverse sweeping and he never changed the field to try and stop him or at least try and dissuade him from playing that shot so a lot for India to think about a hell of a lot for India to think about their team selection is is, is going to be interesting because they've got two big players coming out I can't believe they're going to the sweep shot. I, uh, why would you? If you're if you're an, if you're in, if you're a, a, uh, if you're Raul Dravid, surely you're gonna be looking at them and going, well, it's not the sweep shot that's that's beating us here when it comes to our batting. The sweep shot has beaten us because our captain has got an ego that he doesn't want to go down the do- a bit like Dean Elgar did. And our spin <laughs> bowlers, our spin bowlers don't know understand how to bowl to that sweep shot. So. That for me is is what I'd be more concerned about. Not that my top six need to reverse sweep every third ball for for one or two or four, because England weren't looking at the a massive reverse sweep to hit it for four. They just thought, right, there's a gap there. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to hit it over there because I can. And that's that's all England did. The problem for me was Robert Sharma let it go on for so long that he didn't block that gap off. So 
that that would be that would be my advice to from to, towards the England cricket team is don't have an ego when you come into to Vizag. Put a man on a boundary, make your bowler bowl to that that area, and if he wants to hit it over the top of him or through him, then so be it. But block the area off. Don't be don't be egotistical and think, well, it'll hit it up in the air in a minute. Because for me, in that second innings, Robert Sharma thought, I've got 190 runs to play with. They'll hit the ball in the air eventually. 420 runs later, <laughs> England have got a lead of 200 plus and they're looking as though they're going to win the game. And that, and that has always been about this team. When people think they won't do it against us until the team realise the horse is bolted, gone, and you ain't, you ain't stopping them, you ain't catching Stokes' mob. I think if Robert Sharma bolts that horse, bolts that door, stops that, that shot, puts pressure on the batter, we're playing on spinning surfaces, we're playing in India's back garden, pressure will then come on. And that's what I'd be saying to the Indian, Indian team, rather than, well, we've got to go out top six and we've got to play the reverse sweep shot. You know, all their batters average 45 by hitting the ball down the ground and playing lovely the way they do. That's not the problem for me. For me, the problem was in the, the captaincy. The captain, for me, the captaincy cost India because he didn't, he didn't have it in him to understand how to combat what England were doing, and that would be a worry. At least ask the question, you know, change the field, see whether they still play the shot, and um, you know, and if they do, then you've got a t- decision to make. But at least you know, you, you know, you ask pressure the question. in this country. Yeah, pressure in this yeah. country. Can I put pressure on this country? In, can I put the pressure on the batter? especially an overseas batter, for long enough in this country for my bowlers to do their magic. And unfortunately for, for India, Robert Sharma didn't put pressure on the, on, the, on, the, on the batter for long enough, or at any point during that second innings. He did in the first innings, but any point in that second innings. And um, like I said before, that once the horse was bolted, Oli Pope, once he got past 25, he played an absolute ridiculous innings that won England the game. Well, we told you in Hyderabad that uh, Vishakapatnam is a very holiday, a very, a very holiday popular destination, a very popular holiday destination as well. It's both of those <laughs> things. One of the reasons is that these beautiful rolling hills sort of create a little microclimate, and it's always a couple of degrees cooler. It's also got beaches, sea breeze, um, and we'll show you the stadium tomorrow as well. We'll see if we can get up into the hills. We'll do it afterwards, if we can't, after the test match, if we can't get up there tomorrow. But we're definitely going to go to a beach and show you around the beaches and uh, we'll show you the stadium as well. But for now, this is uh, the Following On podcast from me, Neil Manthorpe, and Steve Harmison. You've been listening to the Following On podcast from TalkSport. If you missed any of the show or wish to catch up, you can download the podcast. Now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, for more cricket content, you can listen to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 every Tuesday evening as Neil Manthorpe and Double Ashes winners Steve Harmison debate the biggest stories with a host of big names. And if you want to send us a question to a member of the TalkSport team, you can tweet us at cricket underscore TS and we'll answer your question on the next podcast. But for now, you've been listening to Following On. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, 
you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Flimsy staying slowing you down? Well, it's time to upgrade. Armadillo builds durable North American-made tablet stands and kiosks. We're so confident we offer a lifetime warranty. So elevate your business and visit armadillo.com. That's A-R-M-O-D-I-L-O.com and use code ACAST for 5% off. Armadillo, built to last, designed to impress.